Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Black Summer. Today we'll be covering the third episode from the Netflix TV series Black Summer titled Summer School, the fourth episode titled Alone, and the fifth episode titled Diner. Dang, triple teaming it this week, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Well, these episodes go really quick, and I think it, it, it does really help that they kind of split them up. They yeah. kind of give you title cards on each, so I really, really like that. But Yeah, it is nice how they've got them all sorted out, and um, they're relatively short. Some of these were a little longer, a little over 40 minutes, but you know, you do get through them pretty quick, so um, I think it's a good idea. Plus, it helps us get through this, cover it well, and also get to Black Mirror that's coming yeah. up. Yeah. We'll have Oof, more to June say. June 4th. I'm excited I for that know. One. We'll have more to say about that in just a bit. So, But with that being said, because um, I'm really excited to talk about these three episodes, let's get to our top five. Sean, why don't you start us uh, start us off this week with your top five? Your right. number five, sorry. My number five. It's it's kind of short, but it's really interesting to see the evolution of the zombies in this. Yeah. So each of the the zombie apocalypse type things kind of give you a little bit of this is what it's about and whatnot. So what happens here in this one is that we find out that these zombies can only focus on one thing, mm-hmm. which kind of helped me because in the first one, whenever the girl got hit by the car and she turned. She was very focused, it seemed like, on the guy she was with. Right. And, you know, it, you know, she'd be passed around some people, but then she finally focused on somebody else and went to them. And, and that's what we learn here is whenever they get caught on something, they focus fully on it. We see that in the episode alone. When is it that's is that Lance? Is Lance the one that was on top of the school bus? Yes. I believe yes, that's what I've got in my notes, Lance. Okay. That's who I thought because <clears throat> in his scene it kind of bounced around from who Lance might be, so I wasn't really sure, but mm-hmm. You know, we see him climb up on that school bus and kind of hunker down and the zombie still just sticks around because it knows it's not there and knows it hasn't ran off and there's nothing else that's take, took his attention. Right. Um, it doesn't seem like it's walking dead type zombies where sounds make a move or things like that. It's more of they see something specific and they latch onto it. And mm-hmm. I really think that's cool to see that kind of a difference there. And I wonder if that can be used to their advantage. Because when Lance was running around and he ended up getting in a car, it was making sounds, but in the background, you saw a zombie run by. Because that zombie was focused on something completely separate from Lance. Right. But the one that was chasing him was all over the place after, and no matter where he went. It's kind of like, I always thought of like the bad dream where you just can't get away from something. Yes. You know, it's like you're running through molasses, it feels like, and no matter where you turn, whatever's chasing you is always there. So I, I kind of I'm really excited to see more of what this kind of what the rules of uh, the zombies are in this world. And we're getting a little bit at a time. So but that's my number five is just the zombies can only focus on one thing. I like that. And it's really kind of scary because it, it made it nearly impossible. You know, like when you were talking about Lance on the school bus, you know, typically um and I'm just, and I keep referencing Walking Dead because we watch that show a lot, um, and and it's what sticks in my memory more than most. But you know, those zombies will typically, after a while, you know, they'll they'll come after you because it's like they can either see you or maybe they can smell you a little bit. But they kind of just forget that you're there, yeah. and will maybe wander off. Or if you wait long enough, they just kind of just then stand there like a statue or something. Like they almost go, you know. Um, 
like in a hibernation kind of mode or something or sleep mode or something, you know, but of course that, that would take a while, but typically they would just wander off and just kind of forget that you're there. Those are like ADD zombies. These zombies are like on some Adderall or something and they're like extremely focused on like there is, I'm after that person. It's like they're a dog who, who's caught a scent and won't let it Mm. go. And they're, they're, they're completely relentless. And to me, scary as hell. We saw that outside um, the diner too. You know, it's like they just kept circling the diner and they would bang on those windows and doors. And, you know, it's like they kept looking for a way in and they, it's like they couldn't forget that there were people in there, even if the people were, you know, being quiet or they weren't standing in front of the windows or tapping or anything like that to draw their attention. And to me, that's pretty scary. It's like, how the hell do you get out of there? You know, um, so I like that. I like that we're getting a little bit more, not too much, because I like maybe not having all the information, but I like that we're kind of getting a little bit more. So that's a good one. Good number five. Um, my number five is, you know, I'm going to talk about it as creepy kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyone who's listened to this podcast, at least on a couple of different shows that we've covered, uh, and maybe even not because I, I like to bring it up. Um, how much creepy kids truly disturb me. Um, I, and I can't say it enough times. Any sign of, of, of any weird kid action any in any type of scenario like that, you immediately vacate the premises. Oh, yeah. No questions. No moral struggles. Just get the frig out. That, that's my motto. And if I – the minute – like if I was Rose, um, I think it was her that spotted it first. I don't remember when they see the little boy standing, you know, kind of um, back in the hallway or by the lockers, whatever. That would have been like, you know, you know what? We're out of here. She's yeah. all worried about oh, there's a little boy. Well, he's all alone. If I, no, no. That little boy's doing just fine. Yeah. Um, he's made it that long in the school. He's doing good. Like they got that pudding there. Like that pudding lasts like 50 years. Like that kid's exactly. going to be old and gray and pudding. Exactly. Carl proved that in Walking Dead. You know, that pudding lasts a long time and it's just as good as the first day. Um, so, yeah, that these kids were shockingly, at least to me anyway, um, they were shockingly organized. Um, you know, they had the speaker set up that they can kind of get you where they want you. I thought that was pretty smart because it's kind of like setting a trap. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, we've heard this before where you, you know, set up like this rabbit trap or you set up this whole trap to kind of get the animal where you want it and then you trap it. So that's kind of like what this reminded me of is they're kind of leading them where, you know, you think you're following just some random path, but you're really set, you know, following this path that they've set out for you so they can get you in that exact spot, you know, just where they want you. Um so uh, they were very well organized where they were able to do something like that, you know, where they were ready to lock doors or lock windows or whatever to, to get you in a certain spot. They had this shop set up for making more weapons. Yeah, they had all kinds of cool I mean, weapons. these are kids. I haven't seen any adults yet this well organized and well prepared. I mean, they these kids had stacks of weapons. Um I'm guessing it looks like electricity and power still up, right? I mean, I don't know if that's yeah, generator well, or we see that in a couple episodes later when in alone where Lance is running around and the grocery store doors still work. But right. I think the key thing here uh, was that we found out that if kids are left alone for five to six weeks, that's when they become feral. Yes. You know, like they say pigs, I think is like two generations and they're feral. Dogs, I think is like three or four. Kids, mm-hmm. six weeks. Yeah. Uh, shows you how well evolved humans are, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> 
what I thought was cool. Kids can come, can turn on you. In this too, I mean, kind of, this might tag back to my number five a little bit, but it seems like they kind of really understand that when somebody dies, they turn really quick. Mm-hmm. Because when, um, oh shoot, I can't remember his name, the deaf guy, when he was captured, Ryan. they were letting him go, Ryan. Yeah. He, uh, you know, he doesn't hear, you know, them say don't move kind of, kind of thing. And he, he starts walking cause he sees the people he trusts and he gets shot right when he gets shot. Everybody disperses mm-hmm. and it took me a second. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, they, they're running because they're like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get in a firefight cause we don't have so many, so much ammo left. But then quickly it's like, no, they're trying to get away because they know that guy that's dying in front of them is going to turn into a zombie soon. They got to get the hell out of there. Yeah. And like you said, they set it up very much that they funneled them into like what they look like the cafeteria. It was almost like their own little Thunderdome. So yes. they're hanging on the, the you know, the gates and hollering and hooting as, you know, those guys are trying to survive. And yeah, uh, you might mention this. What what was in the locker room? Was that was that the adults that you were wondering what happened to? Um I didn't get that good of a look, but they almost look like other kids. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was kids or adults. I mean, they were dead, dead. Yeah, they were dead, dead. Um, they there might have been adults, but a couple of them at least looked small, like children. Um, it was hard to look because I mean, I don't want to. You know, I I joke about you know creepy kids and taking them out, but I don't really want to see dead kids. But um, so when I saw it, um, I try not to look too hard. Um, there could have been an adult, but um, yeah, shower full of dead people, dead kids, maybe some adults. Um, and who did, I'm guessing they did that, but, um, yeah, it was interesting how well they knew what was going to happen to Ryan, you know, when he was dying and that he was going to immediately turn because it seems, I mean, I don't know how much exposure they've had to the outside world and, you know, how long they've been, you know, locked up in the school on their own being self-sufficient, um, Lots of questions here with what happened with them. We probably won't get them, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, it was a real Children of the Corn or like a Lord of the Fly situation yeah. here. And, you know, the fact that they were cheering on Ryan after he turned, um, you know, for him to kill Rose and Spears, you know, like I said, they're banging on that, you know, that barrier there. Um, and what they've only been alone, I'm guessing, I don't know this, but we, we know the only timeline that like we really have is the one Barbara gave us when she said, you know, the first six weeks. Um, so I don't know how long we're not really given a very clear timeline, but if you go with six weeks, you know, they've only been alone six weeks. It's like, where are the parents? What happened to them and the kids for them to get whacked out like that? It seems like such a short time. To turn Rose, like that, but I don't know. Maybe not. Rose said something along the lines of uh, they had left their house like five weeks ago. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's probably something where this started. Maybe you could like be generous and say we're the eighth week into this thing. So it's been two months. But yeah, it seems pretty extreme for these kids to go from just probably summer school or maybe they went to the school because that's the only place they could think of. And right to, like you said, Lord of the Flies. And a school to me is kind of it's. It's got a lot of benefits in something like this because there will be a lot of supplies, especially if it's during a school year. Right. The problem is most, most schools are set up like in weird – lots of angles and lots of – like I remember my high school. Like it's just – it's it's very easy to get lost in a, in a school because it seems like they build to whatever kind of land they have. And mm-hmm. you know it's wide open. And I don't know if you've ever been in a school like late at night by yourself. It's creepy. It's creepy. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I used to have like baseball practices and basketball practices and my mom worked at the school for a bit. So there'd be times where, you know, I'd be like, all right, well, I'm going to go to my locker real quick before we leave. And you're walking Mm-mm. down the dark hallway and everything's echoing off those lockers and you're hearing weird sounds from the gym and you're like, oh, like, yeah. Yes. Because that's the place like you'd be in like a middle where there's like four different hallways and what you're going to hear is sneakers running going deep, 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 deep. Ugh, Where's no it coming way. from? I don't know. I'm going to pick a lane and hope it's not there. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I, I have been in a school after hours and it's crazy because, you know, you're so used to it being so full of noise, right? Like during the day, oh, there's yeah. always, mm-hmm. you know, kids in the hallway, bells ringing, people talking and chatter and lunch happening and, you know, different things. So, um, yeah, when it's quiet, it's very eerie because you've got those long, long hallways, you know, of classrooms or lockers and, um it's not a not a super fun place to be, um, in my opinion. I don't like it. But yeah, yeah the go ahead. I was gonna say I kind of like what you said. Like you're used to it being packed. Where you know, like in the first episode, the first shot we get is of a uh, you know a suburban little you know suburb you know uh, uh, what do you call the um, neighborhood type thing? Like a suburbs. It, yeah, a suburb, uh, and you don't see anything happening. Yeah, and, and you know it kind of relates to whenever you're out at night, like you know. F- for some reason you decide like, you know, it's three in the morning. I'm going to go for a jog. And it's just eerily like isolated. Yes. And that's really what you're seeing here. And then with those, the, the school and everything. So it definitely kind of ups the creep factor. It does. It's the like other- taking my dogs out at night. Yeah. <laughs> and everything's like super quiet. There's no traffic. There's no, you know, any noise in the neighborhood or, you know, lawnmowers or, you know, cause now that it's spring, you know, and stuff, people are mowing grass and activities outside. There's just nothing. And it's like you hear everything and huge creep factor. I did like as uh, Rose got caught in that bathroom, cause it was kind of like, you know, a very like, Oh, um, you know, this isn't funny. Let me out. Like very motherly. Mm-hmm. But then when they kick on that noise, she's like, this isn't funny. You little fuckers, you little fuckers. <laughs> It's exactly my mode right about that. I feel like though she started to feel like there was like that um, voice was fake and it, you know, it was like coming through speakers because she, she grabbed like these box cutters and it's like, then why aren't you trying to get the hell out of there? Why are you still going towards that voice? I mean, it's like she wants to help someone so bad that she's willing to risk trapping herself or risk finding out or risk, you know, the fact that someone might really need help. And I just, I don't know. I don't get that. It seemed like such a dumb decision. Yeah. That's one of the things I really enjoy. And this kind of goes to my number four, I guess, is with my number four is just trust. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely in those situations where I think you start, you're starting to see some people divulge into, okay, I'm only going to trust who I'm with. And like in this scenario, she's still got like what you'd consider civilized humanity left where it's like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to go in here and help this person because obviously it's stupid of me to feel like there's danger. Because I mean, as, as humans, we have those instincts that kick in where it's like, ah, something doesn't feel right. But I think in the world we live in, we're kind of protected to an extent. Like, yeah, this doesn't feel right, but more than likely I'm overreacting. Mm-hmm. But if you're in this, uh, we've talked about that before. And it's like, no, if I have that feeling like I'm getting the F out of town, like I'm I'm not yes. messing with that. But I think here it's, you know, so a, a mother, you know, it's, it's you know, somebody who seems like she's been around. Her, I mean, well, she's got a kid, so she, obviously she knows kids. Yeah. And I think it's just that civilized humanity is still there, like, you know, I'm not going to trust my instincts because I feel like I'm overreacting, if that makes sense. 
Yes, I think it does make sense. Um, and I was a little bit taken aback by how attached Rose was to Ryan. Like, you know, I, I, I thought it was sweet that she was, you know, trying to be helpful and communicate with him because we find out that he, you know, was disabled. He can't, he can't hear. Um, so they're trying to communicate the best that they can, you know, with his limitation. Um, and so I thought that was nice. And, you know, I think what you would want to do when someone that's in your group, you're all trying to, you know, protect each other and be there for each other. But she seemed very overly attached to him. And she just, the way that she was so, you know, heartbroken over, whenever he he got shot he got shot by a freaking kid this little kid when that dude handed it over he's like no i'm not gonna kill you he is you know and and i'm like that is just this teeny tiny little kid um looks like if the wind blew too hard he'd fall over um (laughs) i'm surprised he he handled the gun i'm sorry he didn't fall when he shot it i know he was tiny and he shot Ryan, and I'm like, you know what? That's it. That's it. Though, though, you're you're too far gone. You yeah. got little kids shooting people. There's no redemption for you. There's no saving you. You're gone. You're yeah. just gonna have to. Y'all are just gonna have to survive the best you can. And and if you if y'all, you know, fall in in the rest of the apocalypse, well then, good luck to you or whatever. But you know, and sorry about your luck. But I'm nope. Just no. Once once to me, once you've done that, you've gone too far. But I was really shocked by how crushed Rose was and how, you know, upset that she was, you know, when Ryan, I don't know if there was something else coming out of her in that moment um, or if it was just all for Ryan. But I was just like, you know, you guys just met, you know, mm-hmm. you, you literally just met and got together um, and have traveled just a little bit, gotten to the school and then he gets shot and then you are just absolutely like devastated. Like, you know, she knew him personally, which we know that she didn't, but yeah. I just didn't know where that came from. Cause she'd been with him, like let be generous, say two days maybe. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, if you've, it's probably one of those things that just the stress of, you know, she just lost her kid. Well, she thinks she lost her kid. I mean, she doesn't, she doesn't know what's where her kid is. Right. At the she moment. knows she's alone. Yeah. Um, she just lost her husband and then like, you're in this super traumatic event. And like, here's just like another thing, like this person that, you know, you maybe you felt like was a, a wounded animal that you wanted to help, even though he wasn't wounded, he just had a disability, but she wanted to protect him and be the caregiver for him. And what's interesting is it's kind of, you know, with her and, and Ryan, and then you look at uh, William and Son, it's kind of a similar thing because Son isn't, you know, death or having disabilities, but her barrier is her language barrier. Right. And so, you know, like they, they've only been together for a day or two and, you know, in that diner scene where he's, you know, helping to protect her and keep her safe from that crazy lunatic guy who's like, you know, let's just feed her to them. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see those parallels. I think that's where you see like the true nature of a person. Mm-hmm. Cause I'd like to think if I was in that situation, you know, I would do what I can to help. But like you said, at some point you have to kind of protect yourself too. Yeah. But it's, you know, I don't know. I mean, I would have been sad. I was trying to think, you know, and put myself in her shoes. And I'm just like, you know, I would be sad. I would be upset. I would certainly be shocked to watch, you know, a a fellow person in our group, you know, that I didn't know that well, but maybe felt a little protective towards because he did have, you know, disability and, and just being protective towards him. I would be very shocked when it happened. I would be very sad that he was gone. But the minute I saw him get shot and know that there was no helping him out of there, 
mm. out of there. I mean, because you know what's getting ready to happen. You have to be smart. And she's sitting there literally at the moment when he's getting ready to turn, when he takes his last breath, because it happens so quickly. I mean, it's like almost immediately from the time they take their last breath, they then start, you know, twitching and puking that blood and then they turn. And um, so she just, you know, wasn't really smart about it. And, and yeah, like I said, maybe it was just the weight of everything else that's already happened. She's lost her husband, her daughter's out there alone, and they're in the middle of this apocalypse and zombies are chasing them and they got kids trying to kill them. And maybe it's just, you know, all that came out at once, but it kind of confused me there for a little bit, but that makes sense. So, so that's my number five, the damn, damn kids. Y'all just... If, if if it happens and you see weird kids all hold up somewhere, just keep going. Don't say, oh, we need to help these children. No, you don't. Well, keep you see walking. they kind of set themselves up with a little trap, too, because at the end of that episode, the girl props her. I don't know if it was a girl or a boy, props that door open. So somebody else comes wandering around. They sneak in there and see what's going on. Exactly. You, it's is, like they're welcoming People like they're having this joyful game out of it. They're not yeah, just yeah. keeping to themselves. Like we're just going to hole up in the school, hope nobody notices that we're here, um, and just live and survive. They're like, okay, next, yeah, next person. Because what do you gain from that? You're not going to get many supplies because somebody's going into the school. It's because like, oh my god, there might be supplies there. You're running a risk because if two or three of your people get killed, well, now you have two or three zombies in this school chasing you so right yeah i don't know what that's even more dark and twisted these kids are just like you know like you said propping the door open waiting for that next person to stumble upon them um and why the hell hasn't the military cleared them out did the military at least have better smarts and go oh no we're not fucking with any kids (laughs) screw you guys i don't know let's see i touched on my number four a little bit but it's just kind of trust and again i think the theme that we see in this is when people first find each other, they're very reluctant to team up. And there's just Yeah. It's kind of okay, if I if if I can if I run with somebody for about an hour or so, then they've earned my trust. But I'm not gonna let anybody in right away. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of saw that with the diner when they jumped into that episode. Each of the groups were split up and you saw that the rednecky kind of guy was trying to be like, dude, we're the alphas. We got to do this and trying to gain his trust, even though William was kind of like, this doesn't feel right. And you, you have the moment in the end of that where I think it kind of solidified. It's like, okay, we've got this common cause. We can trust each other now. It's almost like playing poker. You don't want to play your hand too quick. Yeah. And you kind of want to make sure that, you know, it's like, okay, is this, is this what I want? Should I put my chips in yet or should I hold them back? Um, because the risk is your life in this situation. If you trust the wrong person or you bring somebody in too, who's too careless, you could end up dying or, you know, they could cause you to get screwed over and that's just not worth it in this world. Exactly. Lots of good points there. And, um, kind of goes in a little bit to, to my number four and that's mistakes. Um, Mm. and, I mean, granted, I, you know, and maybe I shouldn't be saying anything here because I, I mean, it's not like I'm a survival expert or anything, but I like to think that just some things are common sense. So these are some things that kind of frustrated me a little bit um, throughout these three episodes. Um, I really think it was a poor decision to break up the group at the school. I mean, and, you oh, know, we yeah. 
strength is in numbers, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that's just, you know, I don't think you have to be a survivalist to know that. I think that it's always a good idea to stick together. So I think the minute that they broke apart, that's when things kind of went haywire and people were being let off in these different directions and then people got killed. And, you know, um, then Rose and Spears almost died in the process too. And then what about all the wasted bullets when they were in that, or was it classroom or cafeteria, wherever it was that they were? And I mean, just all the bullets being, you know, wasted away. And it's like, just stop. If yeah. you if you can't get a clear headshot, and I think Spears at this point knows that it's going to take a headshot to take out one of those zombies. I mean, you've seen them plowing, you know, like 10 bullets in one of those zombies. And if it does manage to knock them down, they get right back up. Yeah. But most of the time they're just standing there. They take them and then they keep coming at you. So you have to really get a good clear uh, headshot or they're not going down. It's like, find another way. Yeah. Um, He's kind of had the magic gun in this, this couple episodes. Except at the end, of course, where it's like, oh, now I've only got two. Yeah, I've only got two. Exactly. So but, it I mean, just it's it's the old drill. Like I don't know if anybody ever played SWAT video games, but it's two to the body, one to the head. That's you know, that's what yeah, you do. Absolutely. Um hit the hit the big mass, yep. drop them down, and then headshot to make sure that they're not getting back up. Yep. And <laughs> if Zombie Land taught us anything, double tap. Double tap. Exactly. And so cardio, just, actually. That's a pretty good point in this one. You really need some car- good cardio. With this one and those zombies, you need cardio. I am I feel like I'm going to start learning to jog tomorrow. I'm going to do something about my weak knees and my lack of cardio skills and get my ass in gear. Because if anything, if I got one of them damn things chasing me, I'm dead meat. I'm not kidding. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it really frustrated me about all the bullet waste. I feel like some of that's just kind of common sense. So that frustrated me. And then Lance. Oh, Lance. Oh, this whole episode four alone. Uh, when he de- so we we catch up with him and kind of find out where he was in the school as everyone had gotten separated, and then you know he starts running scared after he hears all the noises and he's hearing the shooting and and all of this happening and he gets freaked out and starts running. He ends up in the library and he stops and starts to read a library book. See, I took that almost as like when you said that Rose was stupid to be kind of like caring for Ryan after he got shot. Like to me, this was basically him reaching his breaking point and he's got this book. He's like, I- I'm just going to I'm going to read. I'm just going to go back to I'm going to disappear in this book and read because he like was put his finger on it, shaking and just end up falling down and holding it real tight. Like I thought that was a good scene. You like that? OK, because yeah, I feel like in a moment where you're like because Obviously, you're probably going to be the most scared you've ever been in your entire life in one of these moments if you're really put in there. Yeah. And this book is like the last bit of humanity that you think you have. And mm. I I took it as that. Like he was trying to just – it was almost like I'm just going to disappear in this book and if something breaks in here and kills me, that's that's it. I'm done. But I'm I'm going to go out with this book in my hand reading. Kind of like something like a, to comfort you or something in your life. Yeah, like you yeah. feel like this is my last moment. I'm going to go back to something that I know, back to something that's like a source, either a source of comfort or something that you know, like before everything went bad was a book. Maybe you enjoyed reading or something. I don't know. Kind of, like yeah. That. Not like a big F you to the zombies, but more of just kind of almost like a psychotic break. Like, you know, you yeah. had a breaking point and that was – you know, almost like a not naive, but a disbelief that this was happening, and just kind of like you know, I'm just this is just what I'm going to grab a hold of and just kind of sit here and sway with this in my hands. Okay, well, that's one way to look at it. Then I'll 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 take that side. Um, but for me, it was frustrating, and I just wanted I was like just 
I mean, it was definitely tense, but I was just like, oh my God, dude, just find a way out, you know? Um, And then when he does eventually start, you know, when he makes it out and he, he gets away, you know, he's going down the streets and he's, he realizes how isolated he is and how alone he is. And he starts yelling in the streets. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I get, I don't know. I'm trying, I'm. I'm so frustrated and I was so angry and I try to remember that. And like I said, I'm not an expert or anything like that, but I feel like some things are just common sense. And I feel like you've been, you've been exposed to these zombies long enough that if you make noise like that, if there's one around any corner and and one anywhere around you, it's going to find you and zero in on you and then you're screwed, buddy. So that really frustrated me. I mean, he was so dumb. I mean, even that dog didn't want anything to do with his dumb ass. Um, (laughs) And that's, that's saying something. And then when he is, he, you know, he comes out of the, he's in the grocery store. He gets chased out of the grocery store. He's on top of the bus and he essentially teaches that zombie how to climb Mm -hmm. up there to get him when he, when he starts to get down and that zombie kind of reactivates and he's like, ah, there you are. He basically teaches it, it how to come up to get him. Then when he ends up in that firehouse and he finds that axe and it gets caught in yeah, like that locker, that, was... that shelf or whatever behind him. I mean, I just, I can't with this guy. I mean, yeah. he's, I don't know if he's just got the dumbest luck or, you know, the worst luck or something. Um, well, he still survived and he found some dude that came in and killed that zombie for him. Then that he had to end up kill. Yeah. So he knows he was smart enough that he killed that guy who said, which seemed kind of shitty, kind of a shitty thing to do. Like he, you know, that guy kills that zombie for him. He thanks him and then he bludgeons him. Yeah. You which know, I'm assuming he knew that he got bit. So he assumed that, I don't know if you get bit if you turn quicker. Yeah. I don't know. I think, and I seem to, there seemed to be some confusion, I guess, about like how these things are created. But, um, but he he seemed to understand that well you're bit you're infected you're gonna turn now either now or really soon and that's just one more zombie I'm gonna have to deal with I already got or this one was out here I don't need another one to deal yeah. with because he was he pretty much went through this whole episode just basically being chased by this zombie one way or another and no matter what he was doing he couldn't get away and it just it was just really frustrating anyway um, all of these dumb mistakes you know um, being made by you know. Everyone, it, it felt like in, a, in in at least episodes three and four. There were probably some in five, but I feel like they really kind of stood out, and they were just really frustrating. and And I and then I was trying to look at the other side. I was like, well, you're being too critical. You're being too harsh. These are not people who've maybe been watching ten seasons of The Walking Dead. Maybe they don't. Ha- they're just regular, everyday people who've been thrown into the zombie apocalypse. That they're scared shitless. They. You know, they're just regular people. They don't have gun skills, fighting skills. But I just felt like some of it at least was common sense, you know, um, that some of that, like you wouldn't be yelling in the streets, you know, um, thinking that, I mean, because you could attract other zombies, wasting the bullets. If you know that you're not going to be able to get a, get a good shot, then stop wasting the bullets and figure something else out. Um, so just things like that. So I, I, I thought, well, give people a break because I also feel like it was kind of... As I'm reading and thinking about it, also, it seems like some of these folks are kind of sheltered. Like, they're not just out on the streets every day, walk or like, you know, going back again to like The Walking Dead. They're not just walking, 
from one state to another and they're out there just trying to survive and they're out killing walkers every day or clearing paths or trying to find food and surviving. It seems like they've been in like um, shelters or they've been in these um, grids and these safety checkpoints and they're moving from spot to spot to oh, spot. Yeah. So it feels like that they've been, because one person, um, what, what was it? Williams said, um, when they were in the car and drive and that one zombie was on that van trying to get at them. And he goes, that's the first one I've seen up close. Well, it's been six mm. weeks and that's the yeah, first that's one true. you've seen up close. So I thought, well, okay, if you look at it from that perspective, if they haven't really had that much contact with them and don't understand them very much, I guess I can kind of see where some of that, but some of it just still seemed like common sense. So that's my little rant um, about um, some of that. I'll explain why they've made it this long too. Cause I was going to say, it's like, well, they obviously know what they're doing if they've made it this long. But like you said, if they've been making it from checkpoint to checkpoint and now they're really just getting exposed to it, it makes sense why they're, they're doing some of these dumber things. Right. And Barbara said that she saw them behind a fence. So it seems like they're at these, you know, um, temporary housing, temporary shelters, temporary checkpoints, you know, and they're moving like the military is, you know, having people move from place to place to place. Um, and even if they're, they're still kind of surviving in a way, but it just, it's like, they don't have any weapons. They're not really, they don't have like a lot of gear in their backpacks to survive like food and water weapons, you know, even makeshift weapons, even if you don't have access to a gun or a knife, you know, a a pipe or, you know, a hammer, anything that you can make into a weapon or have as a weapon to, you know, zonk either even a person because people are a threat too not just the zombies but But something to defend yourself through all those houses you go through it's like look through that garage you're gonna find something a ball bat a axe you know anything yeah but i wonder if that goes like they're worried if they get to a checkpoint and they have a weapon they're considered a threat (laughs) and then they could lose their opportunity to get on one of those trucks well i mean i guess if they're not letting people on with any type of weapon like that, you can toss it. And if it's something that's easy, like a hammer or a wrench or a pipe or something easily found in a garage, like a a mallet or, you know, something, or even a damn screwdriver. We've seen screwdrivers, Mm. even in the walking dead, you know, do, do some damage, you know, anything that you can carry on you, at least it's easily disposable. If, If you can toss it before you get to a checkpoint, it's not like something as valuable as a gun. Um, it just seems crazy to me that they're not carrying something because I would even I would have something on me and not just for the zombies, but for people I'm looking to protect oh, yeah. myself. If I'm with a group of people, myself, the group, if I have children, you know, anybody that I care about, I'm going to try to protect them, not just from zombies, but from people because people are definitely a threat. So I don't know. I just I'm like, why don't you guys have something with you? Um, but anyway, that's my little rant. For now, anyway, on my number four. So, well, my number three is totally just the episode alone, which I really enjoyed. Um, <laughs> I like that it was very kind of tense on the edge of your seat. There yes. wasn't much talking. It was more, like I said, it's just that idea of like you can't get away from this thing. Any moment that Lance felt like he was in a clearing, that thing would show up. Mm-hmm. So, a couple, you made a lot of great points. I think I only have a couple I'll add on to it. But one, if you find a grocery store that opens, uh, and it's there's you know you can go inside and it's safe. There's a button you can click on the top of almost all of those that turns off the automatic thing, and then yes. you can lock the door. Yes, that's one thing you should do. Uh, let's see. And for those of the folks, because I just learned that I didn't know that right away, but I did just learn that there is a, a switch that will turn yeah. off that door. So 
granted, not everyone knows that because I didn't, but I would still try to find a way to keep the door, keep that something from coming in at me. Once I've cleared the space, once I realize that it's safe to be Mm -hmm. in there and I didn't have to immediately run back out, block the door. Yeah. Barricade it. You got to make your safe safe there. Yes. Yeah. I, so I don't know if I've ever mentioned on this show, but when I first worked at a grocery store, it was kind of like this. It was a smaller grocery store, same kind of doors. And this was like, this had been like 15 years. No. Yeah. Probably 15 years ago at this point. And the phone rings, I pick it up, and it's somebody saying, I'm about to come in there and shoot up the store. What? Which, yeah, which scared the shit out of me. And I'm, like, I'm shaking. I'm like, I don't – so I go and I shut – I lock the door. I've got, like, people at the register and stuff like that. And the guy from the back comes walking out that just got off work, laughing. He's like, oh, did you get a phone call? <gasps> I was like, did you just call? He's like, yeah. I'm like, that was, like, not funny at all. No. And Not cool. <sighs> But, I mean, that's where I kind of, like, you got to figure those, like, you know where those things are. It's, it hopefully can save you, especially in his situation. Um, the whole axe thing felt like a video game. It's like, oh, my God, I don't have a weapon. Oh, look at this thing with a light on it. Yeah. Axe found and added like the, to my inventory. the big inventory. arrow in the yeah. helper mode when you're playing video games. Look <laughs> right here. <laughs> the, uh, the dog um, moment reminded me a lot of... Not the movie, maybe kind of the movie, but more so the book I Am Legend mm-hmm. by Richard Matheson. Mm-hmm. The book itself I thought really kind of gravitates towards this because uh, in I Am Legend, the the main character, Neville, is completely by himself. Yeah. And these zombie things come around and at some point he finds a dog and he starts putting out food, but it's like real you know, hesitant to come towards him. It's real. It's like one of the one of the two or three books that has made me cry. Uh, so, slight spoiler here. If, and I, I don't know if you do. Are you ever going to read the book? I'm not going to. I don't. I don't know if I'll ever read the book, but I remember seeing the movie. Um, but in the book, so what happens is he finally like the guy is so alone that when the dog is like within distance from him eating the food, he grabs it and takes it inside and shuts the door. Because, like, he just wants some kind of companionship. Right. And the dog is okay until the sun starts to go down. Because in, in that world, like, when the sun went down, goes down, that's when the, the vampire-esque type zombies come out. And the dog was so scared it ends up having a heart attack. Oh, God. So he, like, it was like he just got a little bit of emotional attachment to this thing and, and it dies. And it's Jesus. Like instant tears. Like, you feel bad for the guy. You feel bad for the dog. The other thing uh, I want to talk about with the alone is when he's in the library, mm-hmm. the book behind him, did you see what it was? Stephen King's The Cell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I saw that and I was like, Nice uh, little Easter egg, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's my number three. I like the episode. Again, kind of had that video game feel kind of on the edge of your seat, kind of like what would I do in this situation? So I really dug alone. It, it did have a video game feel to it, that's for sure. And I know I kind of poo-pooed all over the episode and, and that's just a little quabble with it, but and actually, I talk about it in my number two where, you know, I think the show, there are some faults, but they are really good at building tension. And I really felt the tension, maybe not too much in three. I mean, the creepy kids really got me and it was there had there were some tense moments. But I think the fourth um, alone was really tense, even though I was really angry at sometimes and yelling at my TV like, dude, you know, run or do this or go here or lock the damn doors and quit being so complacent. And then he's putting the groceries on the belt like he's checking out. Um, 
you know, there were some things I got really frustrated, but at the same time, it was really tense because that zombie was not giving up. It was like everywhere he went, you know, he's running through the house and, you know, it's relentless and he, you know, everywhere he goes, that thing was after him. So I think it's really good. You know, it it was really great at building the tension. I was still on the edge of my seat. So I kind of, you know, I did give it some shit, but it it was still, there were some good qualities to it as well. Um, so I, I agree with a lot of what you had to say. I'm going to be one of those. I'm going to be such a dork. Next time I go to a store with an automatic door like that, I'm going to be looking for that switch <laughs> just in case, because you never know where you're going to be. But man, that was a perfect place. And also, why didn't he circle back to that place? I mean, once, okay, so oh, he got yeah. the zombie found him, you know, he, 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 um, you know, got it to the firehouse and then that guy ended up killing the zombie. I'd be headed right back. To he the might, damn grocery though. store. We'd have to see. I mean, if he doesn't, that's kind of dumb on his part because there was beer, water, food. It was completely untouched. It was like unlooted, completely untouched. And that shocked me again because we see things on The Walking Dead. I mean, the shelves are picked clean. You know, um, anytime you see any type of a pharmacy store, general store, grocery store, they're picked clean. Um, I would be holed up in there for as long as possible. You know, I mean, you've got endless, or at least for one person, nearly endless amounts of food and drink. And as long as you stay away from the windows, you know, and don't make a lot of noise, that's a good place to be. And you can always find some newspaper and tape and tape up stuff in the window. So that way, you know, zombie, if you walk past a window and you see a zombie outside, it can't see you or whatever. Um, I don't know what would, you know, I don't know. That seemed like a great place for me anyway. So my number three um, is, why can't we be friends? Um, So in episode five, um, we had, well, we saw a little bit how Son and William got holed up in the diner with those survivors from that truck that ran them off the road. Um, We get a little bit, we get like entirely them in in this episode. And I can't help but think to myself when I first, um, you know, got that little, um, scene with them in there when William was trying to go out the back door and the zombies are trying to come in. And that was like, oh, we you know, we just got like this little peak, but now we get this whole episode that was centric around them. And, you know, I was kind of asking myself that question. It's like, how in the world do you hold up with people after they have just ran you off the road and killed one of your survivor friends? Um, it, you could definitely, this, there was tension here as well. You know, you've got son and William in this booth down here and on the other end, you've got, um, you know, Phil and Carmen and uh, what was her boyfriend's name? I can't remember his name. Um, but you've got those three people and it's like, man, they just literally, they just tried to rent or they ran you off the road. Your friend died and you've held the door open for them to let them in. Um, how do you exist in that moment? And, and where do you go from there? And, you know, there were some tensions that quickly built. Phil tries to manipulate William to turn on Sun, which I really like Sun. You know, she's got this language barrier. She only seems she can kind of understand just a little bit of English, but she can't really speak it. So she, like you mentioned, she has this language barrier. But I really like her. And I think she's really smart and she's resourceful. And then it, it made me angry that Phil actually calls her the weak link. Yeah. Um, you know, cause I'm like, you're a dummy. She's actually, you know, smarter than you here, but you know, um, he tries to manipulate Phil, you know, and like, you know, I'll get you with your family. I'll take you to this checkpoint, but we got to, you know, it can only be you. Um, so I liked watching all of that play out. I really liked, and she makes her, uh, resourceful weapons cache of 
um, cans in the potato bag. Yeah, that was really smart. Yeah, so not only does she now have like this bag of food that she can run with, but it's also, you know, this bag that she can swing around and do some damage with and, you know, protect herself or take down a zombie. So, you know, like I said, she's really resourceful and I think she's smart. Um, And, you know, we see how all of that plays out and eventually she notices that scratch that he has on him and, you know, he tries to claim he just scratched it on a door and they all eventually turn on him after their plan to beat the two zombies. Um, You know, they eventually turn on him and beat him up and use him as the zombie bait to distract the zombies. Um, And it really shows how I think people can like quickly turn on each other in a crisis situation. And it was Mm -hmm. really kind of scary how it goes from, you know, he's trying to turn William against son, you know, Carmen was trying to kind of get son, you know, on her side a little bit. Um, And they were all like trying to manipulate each other. And it was just interesting to see, you know, when you're in this mode and things are crumbling around you, such as they are in, in, in their world, you know, how quickly people, like I said, are, are really kind of the threat. And it was interesting to see that come into play when they took him out and then pretty much essentially fed him to the zombies. Um, and then Jamie, or Jamie King, I was using her real name, Rose, in the show, um, and Spears had caught up to them. It's it's interesting how they kind of time all of this out, and how they met up with their characters, and how it all they come in just at that moment. So I really like how we have all of these intercuts and stuff. But I thought that was just a really interesting, you know, scene entirely in that diner. How they had this plan to go take out the zombies, and it failed, and. Um, then they try this new, pl- or they, you know, start to come up with this new plan to, you know, um, claiming her as the weak link. Um, so what did you think about all of that? What did you think about that episode and how all that played out and how people, you know, um, kind of turn against each other like that? I agree with you. I think, cause I kind of think that he actually was scratched. He wasn't bitten or anything. Mm-hmm. And I think it was definitely them taking that opportunity to turn it on him and, and in that situation, it was probably the right thing because he's the kind of guy that would get a bunch of people killed to save his own skin. Yeah. Uh, I thought what was funny is because he seemed kind of just like a – I don't know how you would explain it, but just a guy who kind of like really enjoyed this new world. Like yeah. was getting a kick out of it. Because when William was talking to him, like, you killed her. That woman out there that was you know, that's somebody who saved our lives. And mm-hmm. he's like, no, that was Marvin. That's on Marvin, not me. Like, I didn't tell him to do it. Exactly, yeah. It's like, what's done is done. Which I'm kind of curious if in this kind of world, if you would be a little quicker to forgive on some of that stuff, especially in this situation, because you're kind of like he left the door open for him. Which to me, if somebody ran me off the road like that, it's like, no way would I do that. Unless he did say the reason he did is because he didn't want more of those things out there. Right. So maybe that plays a little bit more into it. Which um, makes sense because then instead of two, you've got five. Mm-hmm. And there's only two of you inside inside the diner. So it that would definitely make sense. But yeah, I think it was – and it's it's kind of scary to think that if it was flipped the other way around that he could have maybe seen something on Sun and used that tactic himself. Uh not William, but the the Phil guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think it, it's definitely a, a good character study on crisis situations, and like you said, how people can turn on one another very quickly. Um, you know, stressful environments and stuff like that breed that kind of stuff, and you know, we we saw it to an extent there. Yeah, 
I mean, I think as as kind of brutal as what that was to see them when they were beating him senseless to, to drag him outside, you know, I think that he essentially, yeah, was the one to be taken out. He was going to be getting other people killed and, and he was very self-serving, you know, in that moment. And again, you know, it just didn't seem right with his way of thinking and how they were going to, you know, select her, select son to be, you know, the person that... You know, I just, how do you even do that? Like, I don't know. That's just terrible. Um, come up with another plan. Um, I just don't think that was the way to go. But interesting the way it all played out and how quickly you can kind of lose a little bit of your humanity and what that does to people afterwards when you think about it. Um, so anyway, that's my number three. Uh, my number two, we kind of touched on quite a bit, uh, and I just titled it Schoolhouse Rock. So I think we touched <laughs> on that one pretty well. So what's, no, uh, what's your number two? <laughs> <laughs> well, my number two, I talked about a little bit when you were talking about um, the episode Alone and the Tension. So, you know, again, they, you know, even though I find fault with some of the episodes, they are really great at building tension from the very first episode, you know, one when we started. Um, I've been very much kind of on the edge of my seat and, and like, you know, feeling like when the characters are running, like I'm running, I can feel that, you know, and, and when people are, you know, running and navigating, I feel like I'm kind of in the middle of all of that too. So I really like the tension. I like, i like that scariness. I feel like that's something that I've, I've complained about with the walking dead, you know, that I've missed is, you know, that scary element. They, they did a great job. I think this last season in bringing some of that back, I have had more scary moments with the walking dead this last season, I think than I have in the first, first and second seasons, you know, and that's been missing. So I really like having something that kind of scares me a little bit. So, um, that's really all that I had for my number two that I already talked about a little bit. So I guess that leads us to our number ones. What's yours? My number one, it was talked about very briefly, but you know, we, I, I think these are probably some of the scarier zombies that I've seen in shows because yes, they're alive. They're, uh, they're not alive. They're dead because you can't kill them with, you know, like you said, shots, to the chest or anything like that's only headshots. Mm-hmm. They're super fast and they're relentless. We found a very, very brief little two or three line thing. Something they're calling the horde. Yes, that's my, that's my number one too. We're so insane. Oh, and she mentioned, she's like, I thought it was like a herd of buffaloes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's thousands of them with all this dust. And like, you think the, the packs and walking dead are scary, which they would be like, if you got stuck behind one of those, it'd be really difficult. But yes. if you see it far enough away, it's like, okay, well, let's start walking this way. But if you walked over a hill and even a mile away saw a horde of these things oh and they gosh. got a whiff of you, oh my gosh, like it'd be like thunder coming running your way. Yes. Um, I'm curious if we'll see that in this. I'm not sure if in uh, Z Nation if they, they deal with that much. Uh, I really kind of want to get into Z Nation after this one to see kind of what the tie-in is, as, as long as they don't announce the second season of Black Summer because mm-hmm. I think of the two shows, Black Summer is more up my alley than what Z Nation kind of did. But Agreed. Uh, this is kind of like that Days Gone, that new video game. Kind yes. Of those kind of hordes. Uh, and so oh. I'm, again, just curious what we'll see with that. I'm I'm so glad that you brought that up because, again, that I, I caught on to that too. And I was like, okay, so these things also make 
you know, a horde just like we've seen in the, in the Walking Dead. And like you said, that that is pretty scary. I mean, they the zombies have also figured out there's also strength in numbers. Yeah. You know, oh, and they yeah. can <laughs> they can do some damage when when you have one coming, and it can be pretty scary um, when you have that many to have to take down or take down. And it's like you know it, this made me question is that why they were evacuating that town when we started out in episode one and and you know we've got the military trying to do this mandatory evacuation is that because this is where that horde is coming is that is that where it's moving to so is that why they're evacuating the town this like you i agree this if i saw something like that or even heard about it i mean just one or two you can see how at least for me how scary they are but if you've got a whole horde of those things coming at you like a herd of buffalo um, I can't imagine there's no way you're going to take those things out. I mean, it would be nearly impossible. You'd have to just like drop a bomb on them or something. Um, I can't imagine trying to be individuals or even in a community. If you had a horde of those things, I mean, you see the, the just one, how they pound and they just keep pounding and pounding at windows and pounding at doors until they break through. Can you imagine having being surrounded by like a horde if they get a whiff of you and they target you it's like like I keep saying it's like a video game and it's like they have this that that aiming thing at you and then you got that target on you yeah. you know it's like that's what they're doing they get this target on you and they don't stop i can't imagine having a whole bunch of them pounding at all these windows and doors trying to get at you that would just be absolutely terrifying so again um i wonder if we'll see it i don't know there's only three more episodes um it would be really interesting, I think, if we did get to at least catch a little glimpse of it. I don't need too much detail, but um, it'd be it'd be super cool. So that's awesome. I'm glad our number ones were in sync this week. Um, what about notes? Did you have any notes for this week? Uh, I've got two notes. One thing I thought was interesting in the diner, uh, you saw a fly kind of, kind of flying around the whole time yep. and landing. Um, I always feel like those are things that you kind of – I kind of forget about. Or almost, it it becomes like just like real life, where like you have a fly that's bugging you. So I never know if there's more metaphorical stuff meant by that. And the second piece uh, was whenever they were fighting those two zombies outside the diner, Rose didn't join in on the fight. No. So I'm not really sure what that means. And she was kind of the slow walking person right out of the the gate on um at the end of the episode too. So I'm kind of curious what all that means. But those yeah. are just kind of the two little tidying up notes I had. I like it. Well, I don't really have any notes. I think I've said pretty much everything I need to when we were talking about our top five. So that's awesome. So that actually will lead us to, since we've wrapped up our top five and notes, um, we have a news item this week. I'm really excited about this. This came out today. So this is from Entertainment Weekly. Um, And just a little... um, FYI for anyone, it it could be a little spoilery um, because the episode titles, trailers, and plot descriptions for Black Mirror Season 5 are here. They're as dark and mysterious as fans of the Netflix anthology series have come to expect. So I'm going to read to you the the episode titles and give you a a brief little description that they've given to them. If you guys don't want to hear that, if you think that's a little spoilery, then um, you might want to skip ahead um, just a little bit. Um, So the three new episodes are titled Smithereens, Rachel, Jack, and Ashley 2, and Striking Vipers. Um, So they feature Sherlock star Andrew Scott, Topher Grace, Miley Cyrus, Anthony Mackie, Palm Clementif, and more. I'm probably butchering that name and I apologize. Um, 
Annabelle Jones, who's executive producer of Black Mirror um, in this new season, tells Entertainment Weekly there are quite a few worlds we haven't been in before. Some of them are very socially relevant, but also with that great Black Mirror, Black comedy sense of mischief and romp in them as well. Um, So um, you can check out the trailers and log lines. They do have um, little trailers for each of the episodes. You can check those out. Um, I think we put them out try and get them up on our social media but if you just go to entertainment weekly or pretty much anywhere about black mirror they'll have them out there but smithereens says is a cab driver with an agenda becomes the center of attention on a day that rapidly spirals out of control a lonely teenager yearns to connect with her favorite pop star whose charmed existence isn't quite as rosy as it as it appears sorry that was for rachel jack and ashley too um striking vipers um says two estranged college friends reunite in later life triggering a series of events that could alter their lives forever. Uh, and I'm super excited. Like Black Mirror is like, I love like vignette, you know, single shot type stuff. And that's what we get with Black Mirror. Absolutely yeah. love it. I'm excited. It's going to be, it's going to just fit our schedule perfectly. So next mm-hmm. week we'll talk about, we're going to finish up Black Summer, which I'm enjoying. And then we're going to jump, be able to jump into Black Mirror. Comes out on a Tuesday. So we'll be able to have that episode out for episode one of that on Friday. I know. I, I'm so stoked that, um, They've announced it giving us time and, you know, that there's three episodes. So it's a nice, quick, you know, um, watch and enjoyment. And I just I feel like Black Mirror just keeps getting better and better. Oh, I agree. You know, which with each season and we keep getting asked if we're going to go back, (laughs) go back and cover. I promise you guys, there is nothing in the world that Sean and I would love to do. The problem is, is that there's always so much good TV that every time, you know, we need this gap. We need this. We need we need opportunity. But there's so much good TV that we keep finding things to cover that um, you guys love that we love, we find interesting and passionate, um, that we, we, we just, we don't have those gaps of time, but I promise you, we are truly interested in going back and covering, uh, the first, you know, couple of seasons, um, of black mirror. Um, one of these days we're going to do it. So that's coming up. Um, not this coming week, but the next, so be on the lookout. So now we have some, um, feedback, listener feedback portion. This is messages from the followers. All right. So our first one comes from Alec Baylor. So OMG three episode was crazy, scary, sick, and suspenseful. They brought it to a new level. Eben, the chapters were even scarier. Hide, seek, help, detention. Someone needs to put those kids in timeout or something. WTF. The kids were smart to use the whole school and the kid is a school. And the kid as a school of terror, but those little psycho kills need some manners. Never, never, never go after a kid that doesn't want to be helped. I loved how they lured their prey by wedging the door open so that they can get more supplies. Or they just like play cat and mouse games with people. Episode 4, Lance was alone, which made even more crazy scary. I love when he goes shopping like normal, then gets caught on top of the bus. Mm-hmm. Evelino Rashino says, I hate psychotic horror children. <laughs> Six weeks or so into the apocalypse and these deranged kids have gone full Lord of the Flies. If I were Spears, I would have told him to observe the flowers. Episode four alone was my favorite of the series and perhaps one of my top three zombie genre scenes of all time. The extended zombie road rage chase scene was incredible, funny, and imaginative. I like how our protagonists aren't these ar- archetypal heroes. Poor Lance is helpless but possesses 
is good cardio and an even better survival <laughs> instinct. How Dehydration <laughs> kicked in, though. He got those cramps. He did. How he evaded our zombie friend is zombie legend. At the risk of seeming like a bad dad, I've indulged my son to let him watch this series, and this episode is his favorite. He's become a Z-head at his tender young age and is one of Rima's biggest fans. Oh, that's awesome. I got to meet little Andre... Um, this weekend so he's such a sweet little guy nice yeah all right so mark kirkman i thought these two episodes were crazy i think that school was for the gifted the gifted crazies those kids saw way too many horror wait oh darn that would have been me in the 80s (laughs) but those kids lacked any empathy whatsoever they were deranged and wanted blood in my opinion they got what they wanted in the end it was sheer terror in these episodes it was like walking dead but dialed up to 10 in the infancy of the za yeah Doug Fix says, if not anything, it has been a fun watch to this point. And episode three, can you say children of the corn much? What little assholes. I loved it when Rose went to find the boy whimpering with a motherly instinct and it turned out to be a speaker and then the voice started cackling. Her losing her shit reminded me of my mother when me and my five siblings were hellions and she snapped. (laughs) 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 Usually it was in this store. My one question was as to why they wedged the door open to lure in more people. What is their motive? Um, I think they just like playing with people. In episode four, what do you do in the ZA? You literally curl up with a good book. Lance, (laughs) the lack of dialogue was really interesting, but you were not bored and the story moved along. You could see by the calendar that it is present day and Lance yelling to find people is not a good move in the ZA. When he was in the store, I actually thought for a minute that Lance was comparison shopping when he took the soup cans back. Wouldn't I thought that, the same thing. I thought yeah. he was going to be like, oh, I don't have enough money for this one. I'm going to go put this back. I know. Some of that just didn't make any sense. Uh, wouldn't that be a hoot? Episode 5, another Z Nation reference. There was a zombie storm herd referenced in the show, as in this one. Oh. And now we have finally have our dream team together, except for the bearded guy. I bet he's toast. And Phil, I couldn't trust you once I saw those teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Still no explanation as to why the truck was ramming the van. Oh, and on your way out, please feel free to leave a review of your experience at Jimmy's Diner on Yelp. Or go ahead and like our Facebook page. (laughs) (laughs) It's really good. Yeah, I agree with you. I didn't trust Phil the moment he started started opening his mouth and talking. Um, Some people you just get a feel for, you know. You just get that vibe or whatever. Trust your gut, man. And... Thanks for that reference to Z Nation, Doug. I hadn't watched that yet, so it's good to know that um, there's that little bit of connection there. So, Lindsay Slitch, episode three, pretty brutal. Was really sad to lose Ryan. He seems sweet. Kind of sucks they are going the route of The Walking Dead with the most brutal person, Spears in this case, is the one who ended up being right about the Lord of the Flies kids. Seems a little off to me that kids would be that crazy after a month. But then again, there's a reason I prefer dogs. (laughs) Uh, Episode four. This felt like an episode of what not to do. Lance is a moron, so he'll probably make it to the end. I mean, come on, dude. At least block the doors. You can live in a grocery store for a long time. Episode five. Why does Sun seem to understand everything everyone says to her? There'd be no point to pretending that I can think of, but she really seems to understand every word said to her. Looks like maybe we have our core group now. Rose is looking fairly nutty at this point. This should be interesting. Yeah, hopefully she's gotten hydrated when they were at um, the diner or something and, and you know, gotten some food in them because she was hallucinating earlier in the episode um, and she thought she saw her daughter. So, 
So we've got an email as well. Uh, hey guys, so I didn't watch one and two in time to get feedback in, so I'll just say I really like the start of the show. The zombies really are like the rage-infected ones in 28 days, 28 weeks later, which scare me to death. Still not sure if they are aware or just moving on instinct, but they do seem smarter than your average zombie. Love the gritty, realistic feel and the fast pace filled with tension that makes you feel as tired and scared as the characters do. I did feel bad for Barbara, though. Seems like being a character named Barbara in shows like uh, on shows we like is not a good thing. Looking at you, Stranger Things. Episode three was all, hey, fast zombies aren't scary enough, so let's add Children of the Corn. Poor Ryan. That part with the kids laughing in the speakers was creepy as hell. I agree. Episode four was good, but Jean Jacket Guy is just more lucky than smart. It was kind of hard to watch, and when he went through all that with the axe just to get the damn thing stuck before killing the zombie, I decided I would be okay if he didn't survive. Alas, he did, and some poor dude died to save him. Look forward to the next episodes of the show and your coverage of it, Jenny. Thanks, Jenny. And we got some feedback from episode one and two from Kristen Howe. So love the first episode. The first long shot was amazing, and the chaos of the day was really felt. I'm excited for this one. Yeah, that long shot they had there in the beginning. Um, I don't know if we gave that enough credit. Those are really hard to do. Um, oh, yeah. Those long shots. If you know, people really need to appreciate those when they see them. And maybe you don't, but um, you know, my kid works in camera work and does production behind the scenes, and you know, she's talked to me about that, and so I think I have a real you know, a, a better understanding and appreciation of the work that, you know, goes into that. Um, so yeah, I love that first shot. Thanks for bringing that up, Kristen. Um, we also have a couple of voicemails, both from Steve Brown, um, for episodes one and two, and then these current three. Hello, strange indeed. It's Steve. And I, uh, thought I had sent this in already, but then realized I hadn't. So, um, Loved this uh, first couple episodes of Black Summer. Can't wait to hear what you guys thought of it. Um, the frenzied pace of that first episode, it confused me a bit, but it, it definitely sucked me in. And um, it, it said the, the army guys kept saying they were being attacked. Who are they being attacked by, do you think? Are we going to find that out? Um, a lot of questions. Um, are we going to get more of the stories of those background characters? That uh, like we we have the main five or six little stories that I think we're going to get throughout the season, but you know we have the the house that had the family that was kidnapped um, or being held hostage or whatever was going on there. We have there was something going on outside the house when the soldiers are inside. Um, so it, it's interesting. Are we going to learn the the guy that killed Spears and took his uniform? Are we going to learn his backstory and? Um, it's um, yeah, so it, really good. I'm I'm uh, anxious to see what the next uh, few episodes is gonna hold. That ending of Drive, the episode two, was really good because you you have them going into that store and sort of antagonists becoming allies in in it. Uh, so uh, can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Uh, talk to you later. Awesome. So for the second one for episodes three, four, and five, also from Steve Brown. Hello, Rima and Sean. This is Steve, and this is for episodes three, four, and five of Black Summer. And just wanted to throw a couple of quick comments out there, make sure they got on this week, missing, having missed the deadline last week. Um, I, I like, I have a 
question uh, about summer school. Do you really think if it's only been a couple of months, because I know Barbara said she was without her husband. She'd been without her husband for six weeks. So we don't know how long before that she had her husband that this was going on. So let's say two months. But do you really think is that enough time for these children to have degenerated to this extent, but still have the faculties to set the kind of trap that they did? And they, the knowledge they have of what these things become. Because you'll notice when the rows and spears run out and the, the, the uh, death guy zombie is left in the school, as they're running away, you hear one single gunshot. And then the kid puts the door stop back in the door. So they obviously killed the zombie. Um, then in alone, uh, you know, spears told the guy, if you keep up these shenanigans, I'm gonna, you're going to be by yourself. And that's the way he was. He was left alone. So I thought that was interesting. I loved uh, when he swings the axe and it gets stuck. Because uh, that's one thing about this show that, that uh, our, the other zombie shows that, that we follow. They become kind of experts at killing these things. And so it's, it's nice. It's kind of refreshing to see people that are not experts. And then uh, finally with, with Diner we get to see our group come back together. The group that we kind of started with or the people we kind of started this show with, they are now back together. And so I can't wait to see what the rest of these episodes turns out. Talk to you next week. Yeah, I think awesome. it goes like I said, you leave kids alone five, six weeks, they become <laughs> feral. You know, I... Yeah, I mean, I kind of questioned that, too. I was like, gosh, was that really enough time for these kids to just all of a sudden turn into, you know, these, um, you know, crazy, well-organized kids who've set booby traps, um, have set up a trap to, to, to trap people and get them in a certain point where they want them to become, you know, sophisticated enough to know how to kill a zombie if either someone else gets turned or they make one and it gets trapped in the school. They know how to take it out so it doesn't become a threat to them. Um, I don't know, man. You know, I don't think we get – I mean, it doesn't seem like a long time for that to happen, but I'm telling you, kids – are pretty quick and resilient and can pick things up really quickly. I mean, if you want to, how to figure out how to get your computer to work, give it to a kid <laughs> and they're going to figure it out and do it for you. So I don't know. Um, I, I think there's probably some argument there, but at the same time, it, it, I think, I think it's believable. Um, and just stay away, just turn around and go the other way. Um, but thank you everyone that we've gotten some really great feedback again this week. People really seem to be digging the show. So I appreciate everyone taking the time. Um, I'm going to try and put out those posts to give everyone enough time to kind of finish up the last three episodes They're They look to be pretty short. Most of them were just barely 30 minutes, you know, and just a hair over 30 minutes long, these last three. So I think we can kind of powerhouse, you know, through them, but I'll put up the posts so everybody has enough time and notice to be able to finish them up. Um, and then we look forward to moving on, um, you know, to black mirror at that point. So I'm excited to see what the next three, um, hold, but thank you everyone for contributing, writing in and all the voicemails. Yeah. Thanks everybody. So next week we'll be covering the sixth, seventh and eighth episode for this series. Uh, the first title is heist. Second title is the tunnel. And the last episode for the season is the stadium. Ooh, that kind of gives us a little hint of what to expect. Um, we're really excited for you to travel with us to the stadium for the zombie outbreak updates. Follow us on Twitter at strange T cast. 
You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. You can check us out on Instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod. You can email us at strangerthingscastpod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great Podcastica podcasts on podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed and all the other great Podcastica podcasts on Apple Podcast. And speaking of great podcasts, make sure to check out Sean and his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, comes out every Sunday. Oh, yeah. We're getting close to our five-year anniversary. <gasps> what What's the five-year anniversary? Is that... Is that uh, silverware? Silverware? Yep. So if you Good got job. some forks you want to send us, <laughs> we'll take them. <laughs> All right. Well, that's our show. Episode 87, Summer School Alone and Diner. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And Mark Kirkman is strange indeed. <laughs>